0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome.
1: Welcome to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Suze McLeod here with Pastor Michael. Pastor Michael, if I have a question to submit for the podcast, how do I go about doing that?
0: Yeah, go to VCOB.org, go to our media section, and then it says Q&A Podcast. You can submit questions there. We get them all, submit them, we answer them, it's a blast. And we get questions actually from all over the place, not just Phil Church. Yeah. So uh, we get a lot of questions, so it may take us a while. If you ask a question that is really provoking, mm-hmm. I'd be more inclined to put it to the top of the list. So, oh,
1: for sure. So be
0: clever with your questions. Make them super interesting. And uh, we try to answer questions that our broader audience is going to want to listen to. And um, so, yeah, bring the questions. Love it. Wonderful. And uh, every once in a while, we used to do shotgun episodes. We'd answer a whole bunch of questions at once. Ooh. We should do a shotgun episode again. Yeah, do And then yeah, we can get to like as that. many episodes. I mean, I like possible. to listen
1: to other people do those, but yeah, that makes me a little me one, nervous. One, yeah. a little yeah. All right. Okay, so today we're talking through the question, why do churches make such a big deal about getting into groups? So let's go back in time.
0: Let's go back to the first century church and you have these fairly... Oppressed communities, some more oppressed than others, depending on where they're at in the Roman Empire, and uh, they would get together in homes. They would eat meals together. They would they would have uh, elders who would teach. Uh, if the apostle was in town, he would teach. Yep. They would celebrate what we now call communion, but it'd be part of a meal where they would break bread and have wine, and they would remember what Jesus did for them mm-hmm. and. And uh, the priest did not have robes on. There was no incense. There was no nothing of that. That's all fourth century mumbo jumbo that came mm-hmm. later, okay? Mm-hmm. That wasn't like, if we want to get back to the roots, right? It's not yeah. that. It's yeah. not incense, priests, rituals, and rites. It is actually getting around the table with the people of God, with yeah. spiritual leaders, with accountability, etc. So you get to the book of Acts, and it says they're, they're committing themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, which... Actually, was in the context of a meal.
1: This is in Acts chapter 2. 42, yep. yeah. Yep.
0: And they're uh, to prayer and to fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. So fast forward. It's the American church. Yep. Right? We're in these big buildings. It's consumer-driven. And so you go to Sunday church, and the average American church, and you're going to get the apostles teaching. We're going to commit to that. You're gonna get probably some version of prayer. Uh, so here's here's I define prayer a little more loosely than I think most people do. When we sing, we are corporately praying. Oh. Uh, I don't separate. Like when people say you're not a praying church, I'm like, girl, like we dude, I don't yep. know. In my brain, it's always women who say that. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, I'm like, we actually pray quite a bit. There's pastoral prayers, there's mm-hmm. corporate prayers through singing. Uh there's times of private reflection and communion every mm-hmm. week. Like we actually mm-hmm. do spend quite a time Praying as a church, you know, but, but there is a, there is a sense of care and spiritual gifts and connectivity that does not happen by and large in the American method of doing church. So what we have to do is we have to figure out, okay, the people of God, um, they did a couple things. Yeah. So where am I committing myself to the apostles teaching? Well, that happens in church. Where am I committing myself even to prayer? That does actually happen in church, but where am I breaking bread?
1: That touches on it. Prayer. We, Yeah. Yeah, there's personal prayer.
0: Right. Then there's like praying with people, which right. you get the idea in the early church is a bit more intimate and less, again, consumer-driven, like like spectator watching it happen kind of thing. Yes. And uh, where am I fellowshipping? And it's interesting to think about fellowshipping. Um, I'm not saying what happens after church and before church isn't, because I think it is to a degree. Yeah. But there just seems to be something more about life on life that the Bible is talking about when it talks about spiritual community, the people Mm -hmm. of God. So to undo everything we know as the American church, I don't even know is necessary. Right. So, but it's important to make sure that we are integrating all of these aspects into our weekly rhythms of worship. So we, the church, the American church has come up with this group model. Every group does it a little bit differently. I don't really care how they do it, but... Um, what we do is we eat together mm-hmm. and we do is we pray together mm-hmm. and we commit to the apostles teaching. We usually go through the sermon or some other thing and we spend time and fellowship together in about a half hour. My entire community group is going to Ruth's Chris to hang out tonight
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh, to eat and we're going to have a good time. Yeah. Tap off dinner on Monday nights. It's there you great go. Time. That's
1: a good advertisement. Right. They so, don't even sponsor this podcast. They don't. The they way. should. No, like no. if we get a
0: check from them, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> um so, you have to understand the the reason we make a big deal about it is because we want to uphold the totality of of weekly worship and what that looks like and recognizing the American ch- Church fosters a consumerism that the mm-hmm. Bible doesn't even have its categories around. Mm-hmm. It's also why we act we do other things. So, for example, we tell people to serve, yeah, because Although some people serve on Sunday mornings, the vast majority of people don't. Sometimes right. they serve in women's ministry, men's yep. ministry or local outreach or whatever else. And so these are basic fundamental one-on-ones. And here's my question for most people. Um, are you sitting under the apostles teaching?
1: Yeah. Are
0: you praying with God's people? Mm. Uh, are you breaking bread and celebrating and remembering what Jesus has done? I don't think what we do with communion with a wafer and juice really encapsulates the totality of the breaking of bread. Uh, it's a piece of it. It's one of the most important pieces of it, but it's not the whole thing. There's something about the people of God around food. And I love food. I'm, I agree I'm, with you I'm about a all bunny, of this. Yeah, but like,
1: this is. I, I, I didn't mean to say yes about that. No, you're you like, just, I agree with all of You just have it. me getting sentimental about my roots in Plymouth Brethren. I grew up in a church that was three hours because Mm -hmm. it was all these different services that are trying to encompass this. And one hour was spent around the Lord's table. And you, the men would, different men would stand up and share different reflections on the cross and Jesus dying for sin and hymns and, and songs that pointed us to him dying for our sins. And that is something that I miss, but you can do it in your own home. You can do it with other believers and, I do love that we have communion every week at Village Church. Yep, It does bring some of that out because we do need to reflect often on the Lord's table. He, Absolutely. Said, he said, do this as often as you meet yep. in remembrance of me.
0: Yeah. I mean, so we make a big deal. So there's like the biblical principles, but then there's like a whole nother level. And I'm going to punt this over to you. Okay. Okay, Go for it. There's the statistical side. Yeah. So like there have been so many, 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 many studies done on churches and groups, yeah. et cetera. So, Sue, you currently, at the time of this recording, you right. are our group director. Helping.
1: I like to call myself the helper. The yeah. helper. And you're yeah.
0: you're phasing out because yeah. you're having a baby mm-hmm. and we've hired somebody new. We're not going to tell people who you have. Yeah, You'll we're super it out soon excited though. Yeah. But uh, tell us what you've learned about groups statistically.
1: Statistically, I'm learning that healthy churches have 75 to 80% of their people in a small group. group. Now. Adults. Yes. Yes. That doesn't mean just Small groups. That could mean a women's Bible study that meets on Thursday mornings. That could mean really, uh, maybe plugging in on a core team where like you're super involved and you're you're bringing in these things. You're praying together. You're serving together. You're fellowshipping together. Go ahead and eat some food together and just Always you know enjoy it. But all I'm saying is that's how people are getting plugged in. That's how the mature gr- Christian is growing mm-hmm. and thriving. And so churches that are at like forty percent. That's tough. And there's a lot of complaints about connectivity that happen when we're at 40%. Mm. And that's tricky too, because when a church grows really fast, you can't get them in groups fast enough because you don't have enough leaders because those people aren't yet in your church long enough. Yeah. There's just like these this cyclical problem yeah. that happens. But great leaders, I found, our church has some fantastic group leaders yeah. for our community group ministry specifically, I'm thinking, but there's some great table leaders at Women's Men, I know there's some fantastic men leaders that I've yeah. sat down with and had great conversation. And so what I'm saying is get in a group. It's going to help you thrive. It's going to help you grow. And the higher the higher the number of people in groups, the more thriving the church will be yep. overall.
0: Yeah. The average person not in a group has a one to two year turnover rate in the church.
1: Oh, I didn't know and that.
0: Yeah. It's it's actually very interesting to watch that people not connected to a group. And again, community groups is one way. Right. It's we just do, one but way. Yeah. But the point is that you are surrounded with Mm -hmm. people who you're getting to know and doing some level of life with. And and it doesn't always mean your group is your best friends, by the way. Like, that's not actually the most relevant thing. I think that's
1: a hang up for a lot of people, though, specifically, is they're not meshing even within the first three weeks, which I'll just tell you, all my close friends, I didn't really like them in the first three weeks.
0: (laughs) That, you know, girl, that's a good point. The people that I liked the most, I didn't like at first.
1: Yes. Or the first impression was funny, right? right. You're like, oh, I remember when I met you. Yep. it's like You like a, said this.
0: It's like a Coldplay album. I hated all the Coldplay albums the first time I heard them. <laughs> and, uh, and then I would go back and listen to them. I'm like, oh, no, these are good. But I don't oh, know why. I would hear it. I'm like, I can't stand this album. The last yeah. one, I still can't get my head around. But yeah. I'll go back to it in a year from now, and I'll probably end up loving it. Because that's what happens with every Coldplay album. But people just got to recognize here that we are created to be in community mm-hmm. sometimes. now community here's like the blow your mind. community does not equal your best friends always, yeah, uh, community is a group of people who are committed to at least caring for you and growing spiritually together. and uh, sometimes my best friends aren't in my community
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna throw myself under the bus here. I've been in four groups in the last eight years, and there's been people in every group that I haven't liked. <gasps> Can you believe I just said that out loud? (laughs) I'm just saying that's a normal experience. It is normal. They're they're from the body of Christ. They're (laughs) broken humans. I'm a broken human. I bet you there's been a person in every group that hasn't liked me because that's normal. I'm confident there's been a person in every group who doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's a part of that experience. And there is a sharpening that gets to occur when we're around people that are difficult for us. I mean, I just... It's uh, why I, Paul
0: says bear with one another in mm, love. Mm-hmm. Like bear? What? There are people you need to bear with.
1: Interesting. Yeah. You got to just give them a bear
0: hug. And and the way our world works is it's it's fine if your best friend in the entire world, the person you have this like soul connection with, you're David Jonathan kind of person. Right, right. It's okay if they're not in your community group. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. And uh, people have a very hard time. What I have learned is that in the evolution of like a community group model, uh, the first semester, it's awkward. The yeah. second, it says second semester, you start to vibe. If you stick it out to the third, Right, semester? Yeah. Then you start to have some like connection points. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- by the end of the second year, you're like, whoa, third year is a whole new dynamic. Very few people oh, have the ability that. to stick it out. But you go back to most of your relationships in life. They were manufactured under really unusual circumstance that, that circumstances that uh, fast forwarded connection, like college, right? Mm-hmm. That's not real life anymore, mm-hmm. at least for the suburbanites that live around Village Church. And so- right. It just takes time. but most great things in relationships take time, and it's worth it.
1: Invest But in if you want it yeah. quick,
0: very few great things happen quickly.
1: Right. Very few. Right. Lean into the hard people in your groups as well, I would say. You may end up loving them. Right. It's shocking what, what happens when you lean into that. I, how do we not, like when you're in a community group, how do you not just become a consumer? Like if our church is wired that way, I believe we're, we've become more wired like yeah. that. We click on a podcast, we hear the answer, we don't like it, we stop it halfway through, we consume constantly. How do we not become consumers in our community group or in our small group at church?
0: You know, I, I can, I'll speak for mine. Everybody brings something. Different people teach. Everybody brings food every week. Um, everybody brings something to the table. But I think you bringing a spirit of vulnerability is actually the first thing to bring. If you're weird and closed off, then you're yeah. not going to ever get community. It's just going to yeah. be that simple. Like, there's a lot of people, I I... I've watched and they're upset at their community group. And and honestly, I just, I want to look at them and say, you didn't give it your all. Right. You held back. You had walls up. You were difficult. You were terse. You were cold. You didn't participate. You didn't show up to stuff. I can't do much with that. Nobody can, but they want you to, like they want you there. And, and, but bring something to the table, but particularly start with authenticity, bring your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll know when the right time is to trust, you know, there, you'll know when it's okay to go deeper. your, Your gut will tell you that. Uh, That time is right. But uh, if you don't leave with that, then you're probably not going to get much out of it long term.
1: What about the people who are hurt? There's a lot of hurts that people carry from there, even their previous church, whether it was accountability was weird or, and maybe that's another part to this that we have to discuss at a later point. But
0: yeah, let's come back to that. I will say one thing. If you don't verbalize and identify your hurt, nobody will know what to do with it. Right. The hardest person to be around is the hurt person who doesn't tell you they're hurt. They're just weird. They're quiet. They're aloof. They're distant. And they know they're hurt.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, again, this is talking from me. I'm, I guess I'm a unique person in this, but when I'm hurt, I say it. And I think you there's are power in that. that.
1: There is power, yeah. but we have to teach people about that. So but
0: it's hard. I, I granted, I get that. Yeah. And, but that's all my other podcast.
1: Yeah, let's circle back to that at some point. <laughs> anyway, next time we're going to address the question, should I forgive someone who isn't sorry?